Yeah! Just like chicken wings, Al, is there anybody that doesn't like um, Dolly Parton? Everybody likes Dolly, right? That's, she's one song. of the few people that there's a national consensus on. We all love Dolly Parton. You know how there's some songs that you kind of rudely interrupt right in the uh-huh. middle? It's like a perfect song. Uh-huh. That like was one music? where in his promo that I'm like, I'd love to see if that can keep going. It's just a solid <laughs> song there. No, it's great. It's absolutely great. So we had the trivia question earlier. We're going to give away some more uh, $50 gift cards to go to Jolene so you can win some wings. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. One of the questions earlier was, um, the answer to one of the questions, I should say, was Molly Schuyler um, ate 501 wings in a half an hour. Yep. How, how, many of the, how, how many wings have you had in one sitting? What's the maximum amount you've had? Not like you've nibbled on a few in the Super Bowl and you come back a couple hours later, but like sat down and well, did I've never, work on wings. Yeah, but I've never, you know, it's not like I was in a competition or no, something. I, no, or I get it. It doesn't lines, have to be so. 500. It could be 10. That could be the answer. Yeah, I would say Shouldn't probably be. 12 wings. 12 It's probably the number. What do you have? 48? Don't eat that many. <laughs> not 48, but it probably starts with a three. I mean, you just, sat back one day and just had 30 wings and just, just for the love I, of the game. I, I've never gone to the trouble to camp. But so we go to this place after we play golf that, that's near my house. It's yep. a, a, a wing place. Um, this was before Jolene's was around. Um, and they make really good wings. And so we'll sit there and have a few pitchers of beer and watch football on a Sunday afternoon. And, yeah, I've probably had pretty close to 30 in an hour. Was it your <laughs> yeah. meal? Was that your meal? Yeah. Because that that's the one thing with wings for me. There's got to be something else too. Like I'm not sitting there where wings are the only. It's more of an appetizer. Yeah, that's fine too. You can man. I'm not. I'm not going to judge you for that. That's fine. But yeah, I've gotten. I've gotten deep into the wings. I've. We may have or may not have said. So you know what? Let's go again. Are you? Are you? They come on a right pizza now tin. because you lost the <laughs> trivia game four to four. <laughs> I'm expecting you to show up for work tomorrow in a Glenn Robinson jersey. Team USA, Glenn Robinson. Why are you wearing that? Just just one of my favorite players growing up. (laughs) Travis and Slee. Nothing else to it. Loved him in Milwaukee. (laughs) It's brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Um, Okay, so the Rams opened up camp yesterday, and we're already getting rave reviews on Matthew Stafford. Apparently, he put on a show yesterday. Just was absolutely carving people up. And that's great. That's exciting. Can I just say this? Yeah. Is it not kind of funny that every story that comes out of the Rams with Matt Stafford, he's the second coming? You know, he is, he, he literally is, uh, he is a, a, the equivalent to Jesus. And then every other article and story about Matt Stafford from every other publication is, well, the guy hasn't proved anything. So let's see what he can do. Over three great, in the playoffs. It's great that you did it in Detroit. <laughs> But uh, this is kind of a much different story. How different are the two storylines from internal <laughs> to, uh, you know, obviously everybody else? Can we find it's, a middle ground here? But there is no middle ground. Th- those are the two stories. Like, usually when you talk about a, a new guy coming to a new team, mm-hmm. you're talking about all the pieces around him. You're talking about will he get along with the coach. You're talking about does he fit in the offense. You're talking about how long will it take to acclimate. There are usually a million different angles to take. This is, oh, the Rams are going to go to the Super Bowl now. Or... Mm-hmm. You know he's 0-3 in the playoffs in 10 years. Those are the only two uh, points of discussion in this. I tend to lean more towards the first one. I don't know if they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to be really, really good. I think they're well, going to be very good. Well, I, I think you know that comes with where he's – the team that he obviously came on, the mm-hmm. win-now mentality, the – everybody spent so much time talking about 
since the trade that Jared Goff is the difference between why you didn't get there and why Matthew Stafford is going to take you over the top or get you back to the Super Bowl. So it's also the circumstances. I think that has a lot to do with it. But it's I find it fascinating because, like you just said, there's one or two storylines that come up with Stafford. Hey, the guy hasn't done anything in his career. Okay, then there's the other side that protects him while he was playing for the Detroit Lions and he's coming on the Rams. There's no middle ground, and that's also because the expectations. You can't just make it to the playoffs and lose in a division game, and everybody's going to be like, well, it's okay, that was a good... No, no, it's... Good you made start. it to the Super Bowl, or you did it. <laughs> yeah, well, and it, I think it changed with Tom Brady, too. The, the, you showed you can have a guy just show up and go to the Super Bowl in the first year and win it. I, it the, the game has changed a little bit. Here's the here's the question, Al. That mm-hmm. we're, we're in a pretty good spot here in L.A. Dodgers are fresh off of a World Series championship and have a good chance to go back and win another one. The Lakers won a championship two seasons ago, and I think all Laker fans and all NBA fans realize that the Lakers are one of the favorites to go back and win another championship in this upcoming season. The Rams are on a short list of favorites to go to a Super Bowl. If you look at this, the Dodgers in the season they're currently playing, the season the Rams are about to start, and the season that the Lakers are going to start here in a couple of months, if you had to bet something that matters to you, mm-hmm. Where are you putting your money? So you're, should we rank them or should we put who t- we t- think? T- yeah, I mean, g- give me the rankings, but who's, who's number one, first of all? I mean, because number one to me, the, to me there's two choices. I think the other team is a distant third in this, and it's not because they don't have a chance. It's that they don't have as good of a chance. Where do you got these guys? I have some hesitation on the Dodgers. If they don't make a move by tomorrow, if they go get Max Scherzer, the conversation's different for everybody. But I feel like let's just let's just use the roster as is. Okay, let's just use the Dodgers as my as my first example. Mm-hmm. Dodgers with so many question marks about guys coming back, and we already talked about it. Seager could be back by the end of the weekend. Mookie could be back by the end of the weekend. Kershaw could be back by next week. But you kind of mentioned this a couple times. Just because somebody's back doesn't mean they're just going to, boom, everything is going to get started right away. Doesn't mean that, you know. Go ask Cody Bellinger. Right. Okay. So there are a lot of things that happened to the Dodgers since before the season started that Dodgers I have hesitation on. They have a lot of question marks for me if they don't go out and make a move and some of the injuries that we're talking about. So I'm going to put the Dodgers to the side for a second. The Lakers, you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. No matter what you do this offseason, you have Anthony Davis and you have LeBron James. Now, most people are going to say you got to go out and obviously do something. I don't know why I lean towards the Rams if I had to pick one. And I, I think the reason why I lean towards them you just got to win one game once you're in, right? Mm-hmm. And, and all you need is that to just to continue to move on. They have such a stacked team, and the one position that you thought you had to replace, you replaced, and you replace them with somebody that's got 12-plus years of experience in the NFL. Yes, you're going to have some question marks there. I almost lean that if, if you had to look at it right now, we don't know what the Lakers are going to do this offseason. We don't know what's going to happen between today and tomorrow for the Dodgers. I kind of lean towards the Rams, which is kind of crazy. I, I, I didn't think I'd – I guess if I'm ranking it, then Rams, Lakers, Dodgers. Yeah, I, I, I have it different. I, I think that the Rams are the second team for me for all the reasons that you said. I still think it's the Dodgers. I still think the Dodgers if – if you said to me, you need to bet something that's really important to you, and if you lose, this is really bad news for you, I, I, I am picking the Dodgers because – 
they don't need all of those pieces that you just mentioned to come back at full speed, but if they just get one or two of them to come back at near full speed, they're as good as the Giants. They're as good as the Padres. They're as good as the Mets or the Brewers or any of these other teams that they're going to play in the National League, and then we'll see what comes out of the American League. I still think that the Dodgers are the best team in the National League. Now, it's not by the margin that we thought they were going to be. It's not like, hey, they might win 115 games. It's it's not that, but it is... Their gap is wider than the gap that I see with the Rams. I think that the Rams are going to win their division. I think that the Rams are going to make some noise in the playoffs. But there's a lot of traffic in their way once you get in the playoffs. The Lakers, we just saw that. And and I still think that the Lakers are are a, a good choice. They are one twisted ankle away from being out early. And and that's that's not you know, the Rams look if it's if it's Matt Stafford, that's no good. If it's if it's Aaron Donald, that's no good. But you'd at least still have a fighting chance without those guys. Not a great chance, but if LeBron or AD goes down, that's a wrap. That's, we're done here. If Mookie goes down, you still got a chance. Sure, that's sure. why and I put it that and, order. And that's why you know it's it's just to kind of play off of that. One guy in the NBA can get you there. One yep. guy can completely take you out. And that's that's the difference in the NBA is you're always that one piece away. If Lakers find the right piece in the offseason, where in the Dodgers' case, you can have three key players miss significant time plus a fourth player that's stuck in, you know, we're trying to figure Nobody out what eventually it. happens. Nobody has any idea what's going to happen there. And you could still be two games out of first place of the NL West and two games out of the best record in, in Major League Baseball. You know, it's funny you say that. Like, if we're if we said you know who can't you afford to lose on the Lakers, it's one of the two guys, right? Mm-hmm. If I said to you on the Rams, who, who just you you cannot afford to lose him, it's probably still Aaron Donald, right? Yeah, but the Rams, even with Jared Goff, they got to the the divisional round, and then because Donald was hurt, they really weren't particularly competitive. Who's the guy on the lake uh, on the on the Dodgers? Who's the guy that said, "Look, if we lose him, we're in deep trouble." You know, I think it's Bueller. I was just going to say, I think I think that one's easy for me. I think it yeah. is Walker Bueller. Well, I yeah. mean, what, Walker Bueller is when we started the show. All we spent time talking about was, and even kind of leading into this week against the Giants, we'd say, "Okay, well, Bueller's the the second guy. You know, he's going to pitch in that in that second game of this three game set." And then we just quickly brush off of it because we know what he's going to do. So I'm, I'm with you. I think it's Bueller. All right, Jolene's Wings and Beer is available for takeout and delivery. Visit JoleneSWings.com today. And coming up next, speaking of championship windows, what news are we more anticipating? A move from the Dodgers or the Lakers? That's coming up. It is Travis and Salee. Don't forget, call us right now, 877-710-ESPN. Be ready for more chicken wing trivia, and you will get yourself doing it right now? $50. We're doing it right now, right? We're going to do it on the other side. $50 okay. to Jolene's Wings and Beer, 877-710-ESPN. It is National Chicken Wing Day. Jolene's Wings and Beer, the new essential wing delivery service with epic flavors like like fiery taki, Nashville hot, that's you, Slee, Buffalo, Smoky Barbecue, and more. That's all coming up next on Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. National Chicken Wing Day, Slee. 
and yep. uh, I plan on on celebrating aggressively at, uh, at Jolene's you. later on tonight. Yeah, it's a big day for you. It is. Look, anniversaries, birth of my kids, and yep. Chicken Wing Day. That's that. Those are kind of the days that matter. The, the rest of it, I can kind of take it or leave it. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Fourth of July, whatever. It's Chicken Wing Day. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, I don't know if that was your actual ranking of them, but I, yeah, I close figured it'd be a little bit higher up on your <laughs> ranking. <laughs> Pretty close. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna ask you another Chicken Wing question today. The person that gets closer to the correct answer is gonna get a fifty dollar gift card from Jolene. So that's uh, our first stop here is in Downey with Adam. Adam, good morning. How you feeling today? Good morning. How you doing today? All right, Adam. And then we're also gonna go to Azusa and Vincent. Vincent, how are you feeling this morning? Good. How you guys doing? All right, we are feeling good. Here's the question, guys, and uh, Adam, you're going to answer first. The average American eats how many wings in one year? Your answer, Adam. Um, I'll say about 600 pounds. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I like where your head's at, Adam. Vincent, what about you? I'll say 1,000. Okay. Okay. Slee, you want to give it to him? You guys, by the way, guys, I want to hang wait, out with you guys. Wait, first of all, we're not guessing how many Travis eats in a year, okay? We're just guessing an average. The key is average American. Yeah. Um, Adam, you win. Your closest, 90. 90, fellas. 90 is the amount of wings uh, an average American eats in a year. Apparently, you guys uh, take down a lot more wings. So, well, I think Adam, that- stay on the line, Adam. Adam, Vincent, and myself are doing the, 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 the work of getting us up into the triple digits where there are people like my wife who are probably down somewhere in the, the single digits. So it's going to average out to somewhere around 90. So good for you, Adam. Uh, Slee, go ahead and set up the uh, second question here. All right. Uh, Steven in your Belinda will be facing Jeff in Lakewood. Uh, appreciate you guys calling it. Okay, here's a trivia question. Steven, you're, you're going to go first on this, okay? All right, got it. It is... A widely believed story that the buffalo wing was invented by accident. In what year was the buffalo wing invented? What year, Stephen? You go first. Give me a year. I'm going to say around 1890. 1890. Okay, Stephen has 1890. Jeff in Lakewood, what year was the buffalo wing invented? What year? I'll say 1950. 1950. Wow. Jeff, yeah. good work right there. Uh, Very good work, Jeff. 1964 yeah. was when uh, the Buffalo Wing was invented. So, Jeff, Adam, appreciate you guys calling in. You guys are winning $50 uh, to Jolene's. And uh, stay on the line, and, and Emily's going to take your guys' information. I, I do like that um, uh, the, the, the was it Vincent? The, the, the first caller in the second yeah. question was thinking, like, guys were coming off the Civil War battlefield with chicken 100%. wings in their pockets. No, just, uh, <laughs> I, do, I do like that when right after the uh, the battle at Appomattox that uh, they all went and had wings. That, <laughs> that's what happened back in 1890. I like I'm, it. By you the way, surprised, you know what I'm surprised we didn't get more of mm. was 1890. Somebody says 1891. I'm surprised we didn't get more of those. Yeah, well, prices kind of prices right kind of gaming. Yeah. The, the good news is is you don't have to be. You, you can go over, right? We're not doing the price. You can go over, so you could do that. Right. The other guy's getting everything underneath it. So there's a little bit of games. Just because you got your Glenn Robinson thing going today doesn't make you, uh, you know, Bob Barker, where you know all the, the game rules, Slee. Hit me on Twitter if you guys want a strategy <laughs> or anything like that. I'm, I'm doing a conference <laughs> later tonight on these games. <laughs> all right. So 
the Dodgers feel like they're getting ready to do something, right? It does feel like they're – and the Lakers feel like they have to do something, mm-hmm. that they just can't sit pat and, and let this thing roll. feels to me like the Lakers need to make a move a lot more than the Dodgers, that if the Dodgers did roll it, they still got a pretty good chance of getting something done, whereas if the Lakers rolled it, I don't know if that's true. The Lakers have to be ahead of the Dodgers, right? I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I, Trev – LeBron James and Anthony Davis, healthy. And I listen, I know, first thing you're going to say is, Al, walking in, LeBron's walking into his 19th season. Al, LeBron's and, walking into his 19th season. There you go. There's one point. Here's <laughs> another point that you're going to make. Hey, when's the last time you've seen Anthony Davis play 75 of 82 games or something along those lines? Right? That's so a I, better question. I, I think those are the two questions that come up. At the same time, the Lakers are going to find a way to fill out their roster. There are going to be players that want to play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I also think, and this is me. I, I've I've said this plenty of times. Go get a third player. Go get a go get a third All Star. And I'm not saying he's a top five player in the NBA. Go get if you can find a way to get Demar Derozan or Kyle Lowry. What a what a absolutely how great would that be to have one of those players on your team? Mm-hmm. But I still kind of look at the Dodgers, and you know, Trav, they're. You might look at the Lakers and say they're vulnerable a little bit. I feel like the Dodgers are too. I, I, I think there, there is some cracks in the armor. There is some, you know, for the first time, I, I think that we've looked at this Dodgers since they won the World Series. There are other teams that think they can beat them. Now, if they go make some noise and they got Max Scherzer or something along those lines, I think that conversation completely changes. Yeah, I, I, look, Scherzer helps immeasurably, right? It, it puts them right back at the top. But, but the problem is, the problem's the wrong word, they're not far from the top anyway. This is the part that, as nice as it was to see the Dodgers roll through the Giants yesterday and get a nice, comfy 8 to nothing win, the fact of the matter is the Dodgers have had just about everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, right? Corey Seager has missed almost the entire season. Cody Bellinger is batting a buck 50. Mookie Betts is on the IL and for the first half of the season was not Mookie Betts. He was he was some version of, of a different player, but it certainly wasn't Mookie Betts. Clayton Kershaw has missed a ton of time. Trevor Bauer is probably never going to pitch for the Dodgers ever again. Mm-hmm. They're two games out of first place. <laughs> okay, they're, 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 Everything that has gone wrong, they're two games out of first place, which means even if half of those things, I'm not talking about all of them, right? I don't expect Trevor Bauer to come back. I don't expect Cody Bellinger to all of a sudden turn back into that MVP guy again. But if Corey Seager comes back and is Corey Seager, if Mookie is Mookie and Kershaw is Kershaw, Dodgers are still the best team in the league. They don't need to do anything. Now, I hope they do, but if the Lakers just roll AD and LeBron, and, and and something similar. Some of these if, pieces coming back, yep. Right. It's just, it, it's more, maybe not the same guys, but it's the same guys. I think we just got our answer there, right? The, 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 the Lakers are still in it. I'm not saying that they're going out in the first round again, to your point. I, I think that they're still one of the teams, but like you've said over and over again, while I disagree with you on Russell Westbrook, I do agree with you on a third dude in the in the, in the the rotation, a third guy that can carry water on any given night is incredibly important, and, and they do not have that on the roster right now. The Dodgers do have the pieces they need on the roster. It's just a matter of them performing at a certain level. The Lakers are a guy short right now, I think. I, I think the you know this this kind of telling when Milwaukee won the NBA championship, the next morning Vegas came out with their odds for this upcoming season. Brooklyn was number one. Mm-hmm. Lakers were number two. The Golden State Warriors were number three. I think Bucks were four, something like that. Suns were a couple steps behind. And I thought the, the 
I thought Vegas putting Lakers at number two, which I agree with. I, I still think that you, you got LeBron and Anthony Davis is better than 90% of the teams in the NBA. Now, how do the Lakers become bigger favorites than Brooklyn, or how do they kind of solidify even more? They got to go out and get that third player. We'll see what they end up doing. Draft comes up tonight. But I, I, I thought that was interesting because Vegas is looking at it the same way, kind of the way I'm referring to is, well, you still got to go through. Look at the Western Conference's upcoming year. Mm-hmm. Phoenix Suns going to – do they scare you? No. Does the Clippers scare you without Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, more than the Suns. Yeah. Okay, but do you think they're healthy Lakers, healthy Suns without – or healthy Lakers, healthy no, Clippers? I like the Lakers, I like the Lakers yeah. more than the Clippers. That okay. That's an easy answer. But look, I – Does Utah scare you? Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 Utah would not be an easy out. Let me, think, let me throw a couple more at you because I think those Golden teams State don't scare me. Out. If, if Clay comes back and plays like yep. Clay, you know, fingers crossed, those, they're a tough out. Dallas, those teams don't scare me. Mm. The The only team that I would look at is the Golden State Warriors and say, okay, they've been there. They got championship pedigree. These guys are ready. Clay Thompson. That's why this, this you know, and I, I get your point. This offseason is so critical because it's not just about what the Lakers do. It's what other teams do. It's not just about what the Dodgers do by tomorrow. It's what other teams in the NL West do. And I think that's ultimately going to answer our question is when we're sitting here a month from now and you know exactly what the Dodgers are going to walk into in the, po- in the postseason and you were sitting here a month from now, we know exactly what the Lakers are going to walk into for the upcoming season, that's going to be a much telling story. How many games into the Rams season now do you think we're going to get before we get a, a phone call that says Matt Stafford isn't working out? One, will we get? Will we get it? Will I get it during the halftime show of the opening night against the Bears? Because you know, going back to what we were talking about with Stafford a minute ago, you're right. There, there are two lanes. There are we're going to the Super Bowl, and there are he was the quarterback of the Lions, and they never did jack squat. If they get off to a Average start. Not, yep. If they get off to 0-3 or 0-4, we know exactly what that's going to look like. What if through the first five games, they're 3-2? and two? What, 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 what is the response to Matt Stafford at that point? Does he get any sort of, hey, give this a little time. The man's been here a month. Or does he have to hit the ground running Sunday night against the Bears week one? No, because they're not going to give him any runway, but it's going to work the other way as well. If the Rams come out and they're up 21 to nothing on the Bears at halftime, there's going to be the same conversation or people calling you in or post-game show, whatever the case is, where people are saying, that's it. That was the answer. You got – now it's – you know, Matt Stafford was the difference to getting to a Super Bowl. So I, I think it's actually – no, he's not going to get much runway, but if he performs and they start out for, through the first five games, four and one or five and oh, the conversation is going to be different as well. I, I, I should have looked this up. I'm going by memory right here. I'm pretty sure it was against the Indianapolis Colts. Sean McVay's first regular season game as the head coach of the Rams at the Coliseum. I'm pretty sure it was against Indianapolis. Um, and keep in mind, they just fired Jeff Fisher, and the Jared Goff thing seemed like a disaster, right? Jared yep. Goff looked terrible in the half season he played for Jeff Fisher. And we're going into that first season. It's like, well, let's see. And they went out there, and they torched Indy torched him, and it was like one of those. Um, okay, uh, is are they good? Is Jared Goff good? Is Sean McVay really this good? It happened like that, and that was with we didn't know who Sean McVay was. We didn't know that Jared Goff was you know anything other than a bust at this point. And I wonder if we that if they come out on Sunday night and they do work against the Bears, sure, 
if it isn't that same, um, what are we looking at right here? How, how good could this be? Because even in that moment against Indy in that first game with Goff and McVay, it was a, okay, Indy sucks. Okay, it's one game. You've had all offseason to prepare for this. Let's see what happens. We're, but if they hit the ground running with Stafford, forget it. People are going to lose their minds. By the way, I, I agree with you, and I, I do think that's why I say it's going to go both ways because just like the offseason has gone both ways where people make, excuse, make excuses for Matt Stafford or people make excuses um, against Matt Stafford, that's going to be the same way. The, the, the one thing you can't have, Trav, you can't have mediocre football. So I, I think the way you said it, if it's three and two after the first five games, there's going to be question marks. No question about it. People are going to say, well, why are they three and two? Shouldn't they have got off to a better start? Isn't Matt Stafford supposed to answer all these uh, questions from an offensive perspective? And I, I think that's going to be part of the mix. Can't wait. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. There is a new sports doc coming out. It's going to be on Netflix, Al, and it's about one of the most iconic moments in the history of sports We'll talk about what we're looking forward to next. It's coming up. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I mean, it does make sense that the Serbian music would drop in Serbia, right? Now, did you already download this on your phone? I could actually listen to this and take down 12 wings starting at 11 a.m. <laughs> this actually isn't bad. This is actually pretty good. It's the earliest you've ever had wings. It's a good question. Probably around March Madness. Yeah, and oh yeah, that well first game game starting West Coast. Yeah, uh, when I was doing the morning show, sometimes they'd show up with them before six. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll go. Let's Wait, go. did you do? Did you do? You asked me my spice level. Did you have you done like really really spicy? You can't no. take it or. I, I, Any of those I challenges? Do, I, I've never done the challenges. I, we I should do a might, challenge. Well, I'm doing a challenge with uh, Kaplan later on. We're going to do a wing-eating challenge at uh, Jolene's coming up later this summer. So that's coming Is it up. like a hot wing, or is it how I many wings, or what is it? kind of thing. Hot may be a better, a more interesting way to do it, because that way we both suffer, no matter what. <laughs> um, but, no, I'm not a huge, like, blow-your-face-off spice guy. I like heat. I like spice. But I also don't like to get to that point where I'm crying and I'm sweating like Funches in Hawaii. I need I, one of those. I, I, don't, I don't need that to be a part of my life. I feel like I need one of those. I just want to try Why? one of those. It just... But it doesn't go away, Slee. That's the problem. Like If I could eat it and then drink a glass of water, which I know it makes it worse, or eat some bread or rice or whatever. Or something, yeah. I, but it, it doesn't go away. It, it mm-hmm. lingers for hours, and I don't need that. Yeah, I should try it once. I'll let you <laughs> know right. how it goes. I'll let so, you know how it goes. Travis Lee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. I'll guess up here via the Goodyear hotline. August 10th, so just about you know a little bit less than two weeks away, Netflix is going to drop a Malice at the Palace doc. Okay. Right? We, we all remember the, the Malice at the Palace, but just a, mm-hmm. a quick refresher. This is what it sounded like when Ben Wallace and, at the time, Ron Artest got into a, a shoving match, which turned into Ron Artest and others going into the seats. 
They need to somehow find a way to get this game over with as quickly as possible. The problem is, if Wallace is ejected, I'm not sure. He'd have to walk past the pace of bench to go. Now Artest has jumped over the scorer's table and is trying to get down to the bench. Artest is in the stands. Oh, this is awful. Fans are getting involved. Steven Jackson's in the fans. Rasheed Wallace going into the stands. The security trying to somehow restore order. Fans and players are going at it, and the players trying to help each other out. I mean, Al, just listen to that again makes you go, whoa. You, I mean, hear it. Ron Artest is into the stands. Steven Jackson's into the stands. Rasheed Wallace is into the stands. I mean, Bill Walton saying they got to find a way to just end this game, get this yes. thing over with. Uh, do, do you remember exactly where you were when it, when, yeah. when it went down? Yeah, I, I do. And, and the reason why this is so interesting to me, there are certain – you know, there's certain events in sports that happen. Yes, there's the buzzer beater shot. Yes, there's Jordan's flu game. Yes, there's... Okay, those are amazing. They're remarkable. They're memorable. And I could remember, you know, certain plays. Robert Ory hitting that shot against sure. the Sacramento Kings. I remember where I was, what I was doing, all that. You have those moments as well. Trav, this isn't a regular sporting event, no. right? So when I hear a documentary coming out on this and it's on Netflix and it's a special and all that, I... I it's these types of things. This is why the 30 for 30s are so good. This is why, um, you know, a, a lot of these types of documentaries, I think I think we were talking about this maybe a month ago, what would be a good 30 for 30? And somebody said what would be a good one was Chris Paul not coming to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. How did that dynamic work? Like, you know, maybe going through a chronological timetable of three hours of when he was traded to the Lakers and then it was rescinded and all that stuff. This is one that will go down is I, I don't care whether you're a sports fan, you're not everybody knows this event. So I was with a couple of buddies. I think this game was on a Friday night, I want to say. You know how they do double headers on TNT? It, it this was. was game one of two. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I, it, I remember it was going into the weekend because I remember mm-hmm. spending the entire weekend thinking, how are we going to talk about this? I, I was I was working at the time and, and I was doing talk radio at the time and thinking this is not just a story that's going to be, you know, an, an important story come Monday. This is a story that's going to change things, right? And it did. Like, it, keep in mind, this was the beginning of David Stern coming in and saying, no, we're, we're not doing this. We, we, are, we are not going to be the league that has its players going into the seats to knock out fans. This, mm-hmm. this is not it. He had, he had one of the great lines when he was talking about suspending people that, yeah, the, yeah, there was a vote. It was unanimous, one to nothing. It's one of my favorite, uh, David Stern lines of all time. And when he also said that, you know, Stephen, ja- Mr. Jackson was not acting as a peacemaker when talking about him going into the stands. And it was at that point where the NBA, when was the last time you saw a real fight in the NBA? It's been forever, right? There's some pushing and shoving, and once in a while, guys will get ejected, and they'll, they'll lock each other up. But you almost never see guys throw punches anymore, and it's because of this. Rondo it, got it, a couple shots in at CP3, it, a couple little uh, couple it, little jabs there. Yep, yep, and that that's the one. And and mm-hmm. there's there's one or two more, but you just don't see melees well, like this. It was it – was, and what makes this documentary interesting is everybody's going to talk, right? That, that Meta is going to talk. Steven Jackson sure. will talk. Like, it just – to kind of go through that, because it was I'm, – I'm sure – and depending on who, where you are and all these things, that must have been terrifying for the players mm-hmm. because that, that thing was on the verge of getting so out of control. Mm-hmm. Keep it, do you remember, I think it was Jermaine O'Neal, and, and I don't want to, I, I could be wrong, so don't, but I think it was Jermaine O'Neal is standing on the floor. Squaring up a fan? Yes! Yep. He's squaring up a fan, and not because he's squaring up a fan, it's because the fan squared up to him. 
Yeah, and by the like, way, wrong is, guy. Why are you picking the seven foot? You want to find a seven foot guy, seventy okay. pound. Uh, go find a uh, go find a guard. Okay, but but let, let let me say this, Trev, just to kind of play off what you just said. There was Meta's explained. You know, it, it was a really interesting, and I'm I'm trying to think of what who the interview was with. But Meta has talked about how there was a certain vibe to that game. It was the Indiana Pacers kind of taking over the Eastern Conference. They felt like they could. There was there was incredible amount of trash talking and disrespecting the game, but it was also this kind of changing of the guard they felt like in the Eastern Conference. But let me reference something that we just hap- had happen in the playoffs, and it made me kind of think more of what happened in uh, in uh, Detroit for the, for that one specific game. So that's why the NBA, you look at a fan pouring popcorn on Russell Westbrook, why that has a different feel to it. If um, Trey Young is on the, you know, and I'm not saying you need any of this, but a water bottle being thrown at Kyrie Irving, Trey Young getting spit on, and it makes you immediately kind of think, okay, the last when you have fan interaction with players, it could lead to this. If a if a player says, "Did you just spit on me?" turns around and throws a freaking haymaker into the stands, and and he says, let's just say hypothetically says, "If anybody spits on me, I'm sorry. That's going to be my reaction. I'm knocking you out." Yeah, I I, I kind of you know, I, of course nobody's promoting it, but I'm saying, in the moment, you don't know what somebody's going to do. This dude threw a beer. At Meta World Peace, when he was laying on the sidelines, and that obviously triggered everything. Just one of the more crazy moments in yeah, sports. It, it's, and I go back to Jermaine O'Neal. I go back to another member of the NBA that was in that at the time. Remember Jamal Tinsley? Yep. That Jamal Tinsley was in that game as well, and he, as he's leaving the floor, the thing is mm-hmm. kind of sort of settling down, and everybody's heading back to their locker rooms. He's swinging a damn dustpan like a baseball bat. To, to basically clear a path to get back into the locker room. that I don't care if you're an NBA player, you're seven feet tall, all hell's breaking. If 10,000 people decide that they're going to take over, they're going to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to. You, you can't stop that. You can stop one or two people. You might be able to stop five or ten. But if all of a sudden it's a full-scale and, and, and sleep, didn't it feel like that? Didn't it feel like you were just seconds away from a full-blown riot in that game? I remember Rashid Wallace, it looked like – was trying to tell Pistons fans, like, stop, right? Stop. It, yeah. it had nothing to do with, okay, jerseys, any of that stuff. I remember Tinsley you were talking about. Wasn't Tinsley the one that somebody started just just going off on him behind him? And he was doing that. He was just trying to grab Steven Jackson and Meta. So th- this is going to be a fascinating – when you and Emily mentioned, I think Funch has mentioned too, that this was coming out, I'm like – Okay, tell me more. I mean, yeah. instantly I was interested. I'm all in. All right, we're celebrating National Chicken Wing Day with Jolene's Wings and Beer. It's the new essential wing delivery service with epic flavors like Fiery Taki, Nashville Hot, I need to try that, Buffalo Smoky Barbecue, and lots more as well. Here's how you can win. Call us right now, 877-710-ESPN. Be ready for some chicken wing trivia. And if you win, we're going to give you 50 bucks to Jolene's Wings and Beer. Jolene's Wings and Beer is available for takeout and delivery. Visit Jolene's Wings dot com today all right last night huge game for the dodgers but today even bigger i'll tell you why it's travis and slee 710 espn better than being the cooler i've been called that before too that once you get stuck with me it's only a matter of time until you leave Slee. so you've been is your phone been ringing <laughs> you never know 
You it's never quiet know. over here. It's quiet over here. Don't <laughs> good, worry. Good, good. All right. Last chance for you to win 50 bucks today on National Chicken Wing Day from Jolene's. They are hooking up our listeners. you got to get closest to the right answer. And uh, we've got two contestants here. We're going to go to Whittier for our first one. Jonathan, Jonathan, you there? Yeah, hey, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? All right, Jonathan, sit tight real quick. And Wilmington is our next stop. And Caesar, Caesar, are you there? I'm here. All right, here we go. Here's your question, guys. Closest to the right answer wins 50 bucks from Jolene's. The Ainsworth in New York City sells the most expensive buffalo chicken wing meal. It is a total of 50 wings, and it also comes with a bottle of Ace of Spades champagne. How much does that meal cost, Jonathan? Jonathan, how much does it cost? I'd say uh, $150, $150. Okay, $150 for 50 wings and a bottle of Ace of Spades, according to Jonathan. Caesar, what do you think? I'd say $151. <laughs> He's playing the slee game, Al. He listened. He listened a little bit earlier. He listened a little bit earlier. Well, it, it worked out for you, Cesar. You win $50 from Jolene's. The correct answer is $1,000. So just the bottle of champagne itself is a few hundred bucks. So mm-hmm. that uh, 50 wings, bottle of Ace of Spades at the Ainsworth is going to run you a grand. You a champagne guy, Slee, with your that, wings? That, uh, that, that makes me think of you doing the bottle service, but getting the <laughs> wings, all that stuff. Uh, I'm not a champagne guy. You? I, you know I what? Really care I care for champagne. I wasn't as a younger person. As I get yeah. a little older, I like it more and more. I've gotten to the point where I really like it right now. It gives mm-hmm. gives me a headache, so I don't drink it a ton. But I really do like. Not not with if I'm doing wings. There's really only two choices, right? There's a nice cold beer, which they have a ton of selection at Jolene's, yep. and Coke. <laughs> Those are really your only right. two soda. Op- yep. Right, a Coke or whatever, whatever your soda of choice is. Is there is water? I guess maybe, but you need a little something, right? Yeah, I, I uh, I'm with you on on. By the way, that's such a weird combination: wings and champagne. But uh, but Caesar, 151 dollars. He got it. Get a 50 dollar gift card. We appreciate everybody that called in, and we appreciate the partnership with Jolene's. Let me just throw this out there real quick yep. before we move on to the Dodgers. I'd like to try champagne and wings. And <laughs> just I mean, who knows? No. Maybe maybe it's one of those things like, wow, this is this is perfect. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know if I'm going to go into my pocket for a G. But, but but well maybe I'll go get a bottle of Cooks at the at the at the drugstore or something and give it a run. We'll 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 figure it out. All right. So Dodgers play here in just yeah, about an hour and a half or so, hour and forty five minutes. Uh, they have an afternoon game at uh, San Francisco against the Giants. Yesterday was about as important a game as you can have in July. And I don't say this hyperbolically. I think today is just as important because if you lose today, they took care of business last night. Walker Bueller did his work. But if you lose today, Slee. You came into San Francisco two back. You're leaving San Francisco three back. It was it was a it was a busted trip. Whereas if you win today, you come in two back and you're leaving one back. You're going to play the worst team in baseball in Arizona this weekend. Arizona, or I should say, Houston is going to take on the Giants, who's a very good team. They have the second best record in baseball behind the Giants. The Dodgers win today. There's a very good chance that come Monday morning they're in first place. Well, and that's you know we we've kind of talked about this from a mental perspective. Here the Giants have pretty much been in front of the division the entire way. Nobody's expected them to. By the way, not even in front of the division with the best record in Major League Baseball. And you, you kind of just pay attention to what the next few days could be like. Like you like, like you mentioned there, Trav, you lose your three games back. But if you win, you're a game back and, and you got a good matchup between the Astros and, um, and the Giants. 
By the way, there's also Seager expected to rejoin the Dodgers on either Saturday or Sunday. Mm -hmm. Mookie likely activated on Sunday per Dave Roberts. Kershaw probably back in the rotation late next week. So the mental part of it is we should have gained so much more ground on the Dodgers because they're missing a lot of their key pieces. And if you walk in on Monday, the Dodgers are leading the division, and we'll see what happens by the trade deadline tomorrow. I think there's a mental part of this, too, that can play into it. Think about it. As you were saying all that, I just got this huge smile on my face. Think about this weekend. Dodgers win today. Dodgers go to Arizona. Let's say they win two or three. They get Max Scherzer. You're in first place. I mean, you, you, this thing could go from what the hell is going on here? Why can't Cody Bellinger get a hit? Mookie's hurt. Bellinger to the division, are, to the division is wrapped up. Yes. And Giants and Padres have to go hours. into a, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it could happen that fast. And, and look, the Scherzer piece, if they get him, it really does feel like you almost, it's, it's an insurance policy that is irrevocable, right? We're going to win the division that you're going to do it. If you don't get him, I still think you have a really good chance to win the division. I don't know if Scherzer on the Giants puts them automatically into the division championship. I don't know if him going to the Padres automatically puts them into the National League West uh, championship. I think if the Dodgers get him, I think it's a wrap in the NL West. I, I think what it does, Trav, if you don't get Scherzer, I think it's less to do with, yes, I, I, I'm not trying to... Um, I'm not trying to undermine how important winning the division is, but I think if Scherzer does go to a Padres or he goes to a Giants, those two teams now would feel, hey, we're on par with the Dodgers because of all the other stuff that happened. I mean, Trevor Bauer, if, if you're trying to replace Trevor Bauer, you replace him with Max Scherzer. If you, you don't get Max Scherzer and nobody's expecting Trevor Bauer to come back, then not only are you missing a big piece, but also somebody else gained a big piece. Travis and Slee is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Coming up next, you know what it is. It's the dump. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. You know what today is, Al, other than National Chicken Wing Day? What do you got? It's National Intern Day. Did you do a bunch of internships when you were a student or right after you were done with school and but to, to kind of get your foot in the door? Did you ever do that? Uh, I did. Junior year, San Diego State. Uh Extra Sports 690 down in San Diego. Oh, no way. Kind of, yeah, towards <laughs> the end of uh, the days of 690 down there, I did an internship there. Did you like it? Uh, yeah, I did. I mean, I actually, I always tell, you know, anytime you connect with, like, students, or I do some stuff uh, with San Diego State still, I always tell them, like, internship is 
in my opinion, the most important thing that you could do because all it does is just put your foot in the door and then it's up to you from there. So um, internships, I think, are so key, so important. I love doing it. I was I was a you know sports talk radio fan back in the day, so getting a chance to be kind of in the mix with some of those uh, different on-air talents was fantastic. I interned at KEYT in Santa Barbara, which is an ABC affiliate up there, okay. TV station. And my first assignment was high school football, right? They send you out to do some high school football stuff, which was, was, was really fun. But they sent me with this cameraman who hated my guts on site. He, he, he loathed me. I didn't even said anything other than, hi, my name is Travis. Yeah. And he hated my guts. You seem like he, an a-hole. You, you just you kind of come off that way. So look, I, I get where he's coming from. If you, if you come to that conclusion in five minutes, I get yeah. it. But, but, hi, my name is Travis should not send you in that direction. And he made it impossible. But here I am. And uh, made it through. So happy National Intern Day to everybody. Aaron Rodgers press conference yesterday, Slee. How about that? I've never seen anything like that in my life where an active member of a team just held court for the better part of a half an hour and just destroyed the organization. I got to be honest with you. I I loved every second of it. It I really did. Because every time we've had the conversation, I know, you know, that's more of a national story. So we don't really talk too much about Aaron Rodgers. But every time we talked about it, I've asked you, explain to me what I'm missing here. Your chances of winning a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. What has Aaron Rodgers not done to make the Green Bay Packers kind of squirm over making him a long-term plan or whatever the case is? And the way he annihilated the Green Bay Packers organization yesterday, and in my opinion, I, I think I told you this, didn't it seem like he was a GM or a front office guy kind of explaining what the offseason was like? That's what made it so cold-blooded, is that it wasn't emotional. No. It was very matter-of-factual. It was, yeah. That it's when Sometimes when you get athletes and they're emotional and they're upset about their situation, whether it's contract sure. or whatever, yep. and you can, you can try to, ah, he's, he's angry, he'll, you know, yep. he'll, he'll calm down. That's not what this was. This was just a surgical demolition of his own team. It was extraordinary. You know, I've, I've been with this organization for this many years. I think yeah. I have a good pulse of what's going on. I think if you would have kept this player, who, by the way, would have te- t- taken less money, maybe that would have been good for the locker room and the morale and the chemistry. I, I mean, he demolished them, and I enjoyed every second of it. It was great. I loved it, too. Shohei Otani hit home run number 37 last night. It wasn't one of those majestic 460-footers that he's hitting. This was more like a two-iron that barely made it over the fence, but still, three home run number homer. Th- yeah. 37, three-run home run, took the Angels from a 4-2 deficit to a 5-4 lead. They ended up winning the game. He had two hits. He had two walks, and he just continues to do what he does. He's five clear of the next closest guy for the home run lead in Major League Baseball. Can I tell you something that's very unfortunate? Where did this story end up? The dump In our again. last segment, right? Yeah. This was a turn the page. You texted me yesterday, Otani. And you know what? It just didn't really mean that much because individually you love what he's doing, but unfortunately it's not a topic that is sustainable through the rest of the season because what becomes a bigger topic as you get into August, as you get into September, are the teams that matter, and the Angels are just not one of those teams. Let me just recap. It is Thursday, and this is what Shohei Otani has done this so far this week. He's hit three yep. home runs. Mm-hmm. He threw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball in the seventh inning. In the seventh inning. inning. He's, he's stolen a base. And he had two more walks again last night and gave them a quality start that uh, they ultimately let get away, but he was awesome. Uh, he's just extraordinary. Kyrie Irving is a Nike guy, right? He's got the yep. Kyries. If you're a sneakerhead, you know what that means. Well, he went on Instagram yesterday and said, my new shoes suck. I'm sure Nike appreciates that. I think he said, I think the exact word was, these shoes are trash. Thanks, Kyrie. Appreciate the help in marketing the product. 
Well, this is what I'm confused about. By the way, here's his his full quote. I have nothing to do with the design or the marketing of the upcoming Kyrie 8. Uh, these are trash. I have absolutely nothing to do with them. Nike plans to release it without my okay, regardless of what I say. So I apologize in advance to all the sneakerheads and true supporters of the KA1 or 11 brand. Um, hey, Nike, you want to figure something out with Kyrie? Because if you're going to have him representing your shoe, do you want to get a little bit of input? No. No. Why? Kyrie I'm with, I'm with Kyrie on this one. Every single I'm with Kyrie. person he's ever interacted with in his life. Yeah, but that's your problem is you're already not even paying attention to Kyrie's side of it. If you're Nike and you're representing one of these athletes, do you want to give them some input on the shoe? Let me let me just give you a line that I heard Jerome Bettis say, and I like it all the time. Mm-hmm. If everywhere you go it smells like crap, it's probably you. And that's Kyrie Irving. If everywhere you go it smells like crap, it's probably you. And that's Kyrie. Everywhere he goes, there's a problem. No matter what that's the story the is, you're going to take anything away from Kyrie. I got to stand up for him a little bit. No, no. Everybody, you know what else he is? He's that what? guy that little Trevor Power here. He's that guy that everybody's thrilled to see walk out of the room. Oh God, he's gone. Thank goodness. All right, that's for Kyrie, uh, ESPN app or on iTunes, you could catch the uh, podcast, <laughs> Kyrie. Uh, just search Travis and Sliwa on 710 here. Hopefully the Dodgers are a game closer. Hopefully the Dodgers have Max Scherzer by the time we get it tomorrow. 8.55 on a Friday. We'll see you then. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.